there needs to be a little bit more validation for what the arts can do for the community, that it's not an elite uh, exercise in self-promotion, it's actually something which is vital for human health, I think. The understanding of the soul that happens in acting is, I think, one of the most important lessons that you can have. Welcome to the Monash Arts Researchers Podcast. You just heard Associate Professor Jane Montgomery Griffiths, Head of Monash University's Centre for Theatre and Performance, and who recently won the Outstanding Performer Green Room Award for her commanding performance of the brilliant Professor Vivian dying of cancer in the Pulitzer Prize winning play Wit. In this episode, we hear what prompted the need for her further research on the play, how it is used in medical schools in America, and the potential of true contemporary tragedy in theatre for human health. I started off doing Wit, which is a, it's, it's an amazing play, Pulitzer winning play about an academic, <laughs> funnily enough, a middle-aged academic dying of cancer. And um, it's not been done in Australia in a professional production before. So I was asked to do it and it started off as, as me, you know, as sometimes you, you say to denigrate what actors do, just being an actor. But the more we worked on it, the more it became apparent that there's something very special going on in this play, which is, which is not just doing a play. It's actually incredibly powerful and this play in the States is used in most uh, medical schools as a teaching tool but what was remarkable in the production was the response from the audience and I've never known anything like it I would finish the show and then there'd be the silence and you just hear people sobbing and then for for many many consecutive performances there would just be a full house standing ovation which just never happens and never happens in Australia um, and it was because I think there is something so profoundly cathartic and empathetic about this play that it affected people in a way they weren't expecting, in a way I have never, never seen in all my well, you know, 30 odd years as a professional actor, I've never seen that response from an audience. So that led me to think there's more to this, there is actually a research project in this, and there, the research project is about the suffering body on stage, issues of identification, issues of empathy, issues of catharsis and trauma and frankly ways of dealing with the taboo of death and cancer. Um, and that was the, the relationship with ovarian cancer because we, we really wanted, uh, everybody in the cast had lost somebody dear to them with cancer. And it was our biggest fear that it would seem what we were doing was meretricious, you know, that we, we hadn't got it right. So we, we talked to ovarian cancer a lot to check that they were okay with us doing this and we did a um, a benefit performance for them and we had a talk back afterwards with them and all these stories from people who just felt that they they had had no voice with their their suffering through cancer either as a carer or as a as a survivor or somebody actually there was one person who was terminally ill with cancer who was talking about it um, and they found the play was the forum to do that so there's, there's something going on there, and I don't know what it is yet. We're very early stages in the research, but that's, that's the big push. Interestingly, nurses and doctors who deal with this text as a teaching tool treat it completely differently. So in most American med schools, the film with Emma Thompson uh, directed by Mike Nichols of the movie, which is extraordinary. She gives the most amazing performance. So this is shown to med medical students, and it's 
in the play there is a young researcher who's much more interested in research than humanity who treats Vivian, the, the central character, as just sort of a, an experimental object. And the only person who shows empathy to Vivian is the nurse, whom, who um, Vivian says is not very bright at the best of times, but she actually has the empathy. So the simplistic way of looking at it is the young researcher could actually do with learning a bit more of the nurse's empathetic engagement. I think it's a lot more complicated than that. You know, having been in that experience and also talking to nurses and talking to doctors and hearing their different responses to the play after our production, um, I, some people had diametrically opposed views on, on the way you should treat somebody dying. So uh, I actually think that the way to use this as a teaching tool is not to get them to watch it, it's actually to get them to act it. They should act Vivian. They should actually try putting themselves in somebody else's shoes. And it's something that I've, I've been to a few joint research seminars with medicine um, and bio, biosciences. Um, and some of the medics will say, oh, it'd be really interesting to have a drama workshop, you know, like we have the, the actors come in and pretend to be patients to be diagnosed. But I throw back at them saying it'd be much more interesting if your students pretended to be the patients to learn empathy that way. I like to be naked under a... A, um, a hospital gown, you know, for a woman who's very in control to be that vulnerable. And it would be no bad thing for a few med students actually to do that, just to feel, feel the cold. As an actor, I like to do my research. I think it's, it's our duty. To, um, there's, there's actually a moral obligation to do research. So I, I uh, the most interesting conversation actually was over at Caulfield hospital, um, you know, part of Monash, with the Palliative Care Institute talking to Professor Carolyn Arnold, who is a specialist in, in palliative pain management, trying to ask her all the symptoms Vivian describes, trying to work out actually what that feels like. Because it's so difficult to imagine that somebody else's pain. And there was a bit in the, in the play, for instance, when Vivian is talking about the epithelial cells in her gastrointestinal tract having been kind of corroded by the chemotherapy. So I kept sort of asking Carolyn, what does that, what would that actually feel like? And in the end, I was able to say, so basically, it's like the worst case of tonsillitis meeting the worst case of irritable bowel syndrome times a thousand. She said, yeah, that's it. And that sort of way of thinking of it, okay, I remember what tonsillitis is like, I know, I know what IBS is like. So taking, embodying that sort of level of distress, but also with somebody who tries to hide it, is, is a fascinating thing in terms of what your identity does. Because the other big thing was um, the shaving. I've shaved my, head for, my hair for parts in the, in the past, but this is the first time I've done my eyebrows. And just the difference in the way people looked at me, engaged with me, pity, shock, some people disgust, suddenly having people talking loudly to me and being patronising and slow. Um, and um, yeah, you, you, your identity gets corroded in that situation. And of course, while I was in rehearsals, I thought, there's no way, I'm not going to wear makeup. I'm actually going to get, I'm going to take these looks. I'm going to see what it feels like. Um, and it's, it's quite shocking. It's also funny with Vivian because we are so similar in so many ways. You know, if I, I could have gone down the really serious academic path, I 
think I have a bit more of a sense of humour than that. So you know, I, um, so but but if I hadn't had a family, if if I had be, remained a classicist rather than getting into acting, it, it could have been me, with the same age, you know, same physicality, obviously, because I'm being her. It's it's a, it's really really interesting. I both love John Donne. So, um, yeah, that, there, there's a very weird thing that happens with actors in terms of how you engage the identification and also how you let go of something, you know, at the end of the show when it's absolutely exhausting for an hour and a half. It's basically a 90-minute monologue with a few, a few doctors coming in from time to time to prod you. And um, you, know, you barely walk by the end of it because of the emotion in it. Yeah. So um, I used to find my little motorbike ride back to Clayton quite quite good after that, you know, get the wind in my hair, in my lack of hair. I think that doing a high degree uh, by research with us is, if you are academically minded, is one of the best things you can possibly do for your career. When I think about the, the people that I supervise, most of them are professional practitioners who have come in after about 10 years in the industry and they realise that they want to explore what they do more. Our practice as research degrees offer is the opportunity to work in a really academically rigorous way on the uh, theoretical context behind your practice and then also to work in a very rigorous way on your practice itself. So if you're doing a master's for instance, a 20,000 word dissertation and a, a production that would be an hour to an hour and a half. If you're doing a PhD, 40,000 words and a full-length play or a full-length production, whatever, however that might manifest depending on your discipline. The great thing about what we do is we insist on real academic rigour. So what we don't have is we don't have the exegesis that says I did this and I did this and I did this. I don't care actually because the, the practice should actually have all of that. What we insist on is a really strong cogent incisive argument and that the practice is the embodiment of the argument so it's actually a, diff a different hermeneutic a different um, um, episteme of understanding that knowledge can be conveyed through bodies or through through creativity rather than in a linear Cartesian way and that they speak together because that's what I try to do with my practice as research you think about something like wit my body is actually transmitting all of my research questions that I will also write up as a serious academic. The two go hand in hand. And I think that's really important because unless we as academics have the traditional together with the non-traditional, we, we lose our incisiveness. Um, and they, they, they speak to each other. It's all about rigour. So for any incoming HDR student, the great thing is the, the culture. Um, thinking about my cohort of students, they're all amazing. They could all make wonderful work together. So you get that sort of camaraderie. You also get, I have to say, some darn good supervision. And uh, I, I think it's very helpful as a practitioner to be supervised by somebody who is a practitioner and was also an academic, that you get those two together. So there's an understanding of the entire range of what you're working through. But also if, if somebody's coming as a full uh, written PhD or master's, it's the similar thing. I know. I, I actually find it really interesting how many students come initially to do practice as research and they realise that they are getting so much out of what we would call the traditional model that they switch to an 80,000 word dissertation thesis because they, they want to keep exploring. 
they're loving the discipline, the disciplining of their mind. And then after that, anything's possible.